This evening's Dharma talk is titled Receiving the Teacher's Heat. Receiving the Teacher, if you have a teacher. Receiving the Teacher's Heat. Trungpa uh, Rinpoche once said, I recall, that's in one of his books, you get too far away from the teacher, you don't get enough heat. You get too close to the teacher, you get burnt, or you could get quite warm. So this is this particular talk comes is coming uh, kind of on the, the backside of uh, devotion talks lately, and and also I've been I, I have been critiqued by one of my students saying that my the tone of my talks have changed. I tried to get that person to tell me exactly what it was, but did not get that to happen. Uh, that I'm getting more, I don't know, maybe ornery or cranky or mean or whatever it may be. And uh, <clears throat> that's very possible. I don't have anything to say about that. Just because you have the illusion that you're in control of your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings and are directing your life to some kind of a goal, that does not mean that the true teacher is doing that. The true teacher is not even actually here. It's a, more of a principle than a human being. The human being might still be here, but he, she, or they have gotten out of the way of the Buddha's Dharma. may not look like it, probably won't look like it, because they're uh, receiving all kinds of projections from his or her or their students about who they are. not something to be corrected, something to be aware of. That you're taking your mind stream, which is just too difficult for you to but be responsible for, and you're going to put it on somebody. Blame somebody for how you feel. This doesn't mean that you can't see that somebody's doing something, even a teacher, and feel like what they're doing is maybe inappropriate or unkind. And if, uh, if you happen to have a teacher and they're endeavoring to help you deal with your insanity, which you don't even know you're insane because you, you function in a rational world that is a mutually cooperative called samsara, called relative truth. So the teaching person, with your permission, they don't have your permission, much is going to happen. But with your permission, that person, <clears throat> if they're a true teacher, a teacher who's teaching out of what they see, not a bunch of things they've read about and just relaying that, uh, capital of Georgia, or for that matter, the five skandhas, the four noble truths, the eightfold path, the twelve links on the chain of existence, etc., 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 etc. Information. Abhidharma is full of information. I'm not here to say you should ignore any of that. You should study every single bit of it you can, much as you can handle. So you have an idea of what the foundation, the conceptual foundation of the Buddha's Dharma actually is. It's just that those are pointers. They tell you what this is and what direction that you could 
go to practice and train your mind to see what the Buddha realized 2,500 years ago and comes down to us as a living lineage of human beings. So receiving the teacher's heat, what is meant by that is to receive hot, cold, lukewarm, receive it, receive. Otherwise, you're, you're not a student. You're a critique of teachers. You're uh, somebody who is critiquing someone's teaching. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that to some extent, but once you have done that for a while, then you decide you want to function on this person as your teacher, uh, then your petty mind has to take a back seat. And any excuses you have of the teacher's doing, the teacher's hurting that person. Ouch. Am I being sarcastic? Damn right I am. You should mind your own business. Look at your own mind rather than look at the, what you think is a teacher's mind or what you think is someone that that teacher has mistreated. I'm not kidding you. And yes, I'm 80 years old and I could die any minute, as could you. But it's getting a little bit more urgent for me to do what I came here to do. And that's point this out. Didn't know that I came here to do this until it was pointed out to me. This is not easy. This is not a mundane path of feeling better, of doing a meditation that makes you feel happy and makes you feel better. There are meditations like that. Go ahead, do those. I'm not lobbying for you to do this. This is really difficult. The Buddha Dharma, whether it shows up in the, in the Chinese lineage, in the Indian lineage, in, in Thailand or in Japan or Korea, Korea, China, the United States, Canada, England, South America. It's all over the place these days. There are true teachers all over. And there are charlatans that look like true teachers who are trying to control you and convince you that they're, what they have going on is the truth. But once you have a teacher, once you've decided on whatever, whatever brings you into that decision-making situation that is actually choiceless, once you're in that, it's going to get difficult, especially if you receive vows, and even more especially if you receive full ordination as a monk. Not a good idea to step out of that, even though it gets very hot. When the heat goes up, we want to do what? Blame somebody. Blame anything. Blame the teacher for how bad we feel. I certainly did. I know what it's like. Not only the Vidyadara, I did some blaming there. I was just really upset with how well he could see into my crazy mind. But I also blamed my Zen master, Kovacino Roshi. Or, well, I won't go into it, but it was not easy. So receiving the teacher's heat, as if you have a teacher, then Give the teacher, to put it simply, give the teacher the benefit of the doubt. You, you may not even want to do this. You may want to do something else. But if you're doing it, give the teacher the benefit of the doubt on whatever they are doing. 
It has been said, and I'll say again here, if you're, if you're a student, if you're on receive, I'm not asking you to trust anything. But if you're on receive, then, and you watch the teacher, listen to the teacher, everything the teacher does is a teaching. I don't believe any of that. You don't have to believe it, but if you consider that, you could say, well, let's see, I saw the teacher do this or this or this. How is that a teaching? Is that a teaching? Be very uh, tentative about concluding anything based on partial evidence. And what do I say about that? All evidence is partial. Every damn bit of evidence you claim you brought together to get you so you could select this or this or this, partial. It's relative truth. Because there's no way you can know the fundamental source of any relative situation. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? Where did this come from? Where is it going? What is it? What fundamentally is this? Other than it's a piece of wood that's been shaped in a particular way for a particular use. We don't really know what anything is. We might know how it functions or how it looks, how it smells, how it tastes, and so on, but we don't know fundamentally what it is. Unless we do. And if we do, then you will see that it is not separate. It's just a negative way of expressing it. Doesn't mean it's we're all one. It's a misunderstanding. So receiving the heat, the idea there is when the, the heat is a metaphorically is the difficulty with listening or receiving or being with someone that you that is your teacher or you're thinking about as your teacher or maybe you're evaluating or who, who knows how many different ways that could be showing up i have people that listen to me who listen to me for years and have never asked me to function as their teacher probably something interesting there I don't want to go that far should they no I would even tell you, you probably heard me say lately, get out of here, go away. Unless you want this teaching, I'm, that's what I'm here to do. Whatever years or months or weeks I've got left, I intend to do this. That's my intention. I don't intend to succeed. This is not a stock market. This is intention. One direction, intention. Not, I'll do this if you can do this. If I do this, you can do that. If you want the mundane path, it's all over the place. If you want the spiritual path, I'm not saying it's all over the place, but it's available, not just here, but other places. Where they are, I don't know, but they're around. Take some questions if you have them. Sir? Sort of bowing. Is heat from the teacher the same thing as help from the teacher? Of course. You've experienced that, haven't you, a little bit? Haven't you been offended by the teacher on occasion? Yeah. You think the teacher's an asshole? Why not? 
Because I love you. I love you too. Now, devotion shows up in all kinds of different ways. And if you're sitting here and have your particular idea of devotion and somebody else's devotion is totally different than yours, you need to mind your own business rather than saying, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be. They should. This, they should do devotion this way or this way. I would say, if you're listening to this and this is too much heat, do something else or not. Hang around and I might say something silly or you might see me, hear me mispronounce Sanskrit words and then I'll have to check what you show to see how to say it right. This might look very like some kind of a autocracy or oligarchy or whatever it is, oligarchy. It might look like a dictatorship, but it's extremely cooperative. It's extremely mutual. I don't do anything without everybody else. This doesn't mean I'm going to do what you say. But I consider everyone as much as I can. Sometimes that looks like too agreeable. It could look a lot of different ways. When I first uh, received a... Uh, Vows that they're giving out to, just give everybody vows. I don't do that. If you want to receive vows with me, you're going to have to ask several times and be turned down because I don't want you to do this unless you mean it. So if you see anybody that's a student of mine that's wearing not only a rock suit or a robe, especially, uh, they've had to more or less demand it. They, yes, they, I need to do this. I want to do this. Yes, you're my teacher. If you've done that, you need to remember that rather than take my inventory or some kind of critique. Critique That doesn't mean you can't come and talk to me about it. But the last situation I was dealing with, I tried to get the person to talk about it, and they won't talk. They won't tell me anything about it. I have no idea what's going on with this person. And they know who they are. That's why this talk is here, because I talk about what is happening. I don't hide out while there's a an affair going on over here, so I won't talk about that. I'll distract. No, you bring it to me, I'm going to talk about it. This is about awakening. This is not about right and wrong. Right and wrong is this is what's happening all over the world. Relative truth. Nobody wins, nobody loses. But they don't know that as they're deeply immersed in their opinions, judgments, ideas, warfare. This is about realizing your true nature before your body-mind complex goes back into the elements. If you're interested, I have no guarantee, but that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in pointing to that so that you can see it. Not that you believe what I say, so you can see what I'm looking at. This is extremely difficult because there's no evidence for it. There's no proof. There's no feeling like, I think I'm onto something. No, that, that might happen in the relative world. Sometimes the Japanese have given a word for this. It's called kensho, or insight into your true nature. It means nothing other than you think, oh, I might be not separate from anything. I kind of felt like that. Well, not being separate from anything isn't having that feeling. It's actually not being separate, which means you're probably going to function. If you're functioning as a teacher, you're going to, you're going to be quite outrageous and quite ordinary at the same time. Seto. Seto bowing. If we're feeling heat or cold coming from the teacher and feel our defenses going up, 
how can we receive that heat or cold around the defenses? Just, just look at the defenses. It's just an awareness practice. You need to get rid of, don't get, ever get rid of defenses because three years, eight years, 10 years from now, you might be talking to somebody who you're, they're, they're, you're their teacher and you have to know about defenses, not the ones you've got rid of. You have to be, you have to be in the middle of the defenses of the person you're talking to, understand it deeply. You have to be the very situation. And you can't do that if there's a self here that wants something else, that thinks some people are bad and some people are good, and some people are correct and some people are incorrect. You start judging and evaluating your teacher, not a good idea. I can't stop you. Not a good idea. Shoka. Shokabang, what else can we do when we're, we seem to be trapped by evaluation? Just be aware of that. Awareness of the trap is where, and awareness of the evaluation trap, that's, that's how it's done. You're just aware of that. And then if you do, if you don't push it away and try to be someone who isn't, isn't evaluating anything or push it away and try to make it not look like a trap or whatever, or manipulate it, modify it in any way through passion, aggression, and ignorance, then uh, over time you will begin to see the fundamental nature of that, which is dependently arisen, that there's no self that's doing that. There's no one who does that. But if you if if there's any slippage into passion, any slippage into into excuse me shutting down or any movement, any air's breath deviation, as it says in the sutra, will fail to reveal the fundamental nature. I can't remember exactly how how it goes. So just watch the movement. Watch the movement. And so. That's the only way that you're eventually going to see that there's no solid being there at all. There's just dependent origination. The illusion that there's someone arising is someone who can be right, someone who can be wrong, someone who can attain enlightenment, someone who can attain enlightenment. So, when we give you permission to function as our teacher in ways like being a fully ordained monk or receiving a vow, how can we continue to go into those areas where we don't receive from the teacher? Just, it's just continue, just continue to practice. It, it ha it's a path, that's why it's called a path. It has a path quality to it. Uh, the way it's a ground path and fruition, the ground is the suffering, the confusion, the dilemma, and the path is training your mind to see the truth yourself, not believe what the teacher said, not believe what the Buddha said, not believe what anybody said. Although you might go along and give the benefit of the doubt to a lot of people and a lot of teaching, a lot of teachings, you can give the benefit of the doubt to Vasubandhu from 1500 years ago, who wrote the 30 verses that some of us are studying that describe the nature perception relative to subject object. Powerful, powerful teaching, even when it's translated out of Sanskrit. So you would, you would consider that and give that the benefit of the doubt. Don't believe it, but give that structure the benefit of the doubt, and then you proceed from there. 
return to the wall, return to the, the, the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Those three will support you as you go along. Going up to a mountaintop and isolating yourself from everyone. I'm not saying that couldn't work, it might, but unlikely. Wunderbar, how do we receive things that from the teacher that seem to be against cultural norms? Uh, I, I think it's very, very situational, and so that kind of receiving would be just to to consider it to not get rid of the cultural norms, to notice that the, the cultural structure for that is very specific and is meant to control things, cultural norms like the whole macho governance of everything, men controlling everything. Society is changing somewhat these days, but it's still, it's still there. And there, those laws and rules are set up in such a way that they, the men who set them up can break them pretty easily, but everybody else has to abide. So that should be considered. We could actually look at that. You follow me a little bit there? No. And then the spiritual path is, uh, you can keep your eye on that and keep your, and, and keep your, have your understanding of that and your understanding of the spiritual path is where you begin to move beyond that. And that's scary, challenging, and threatening because we are so attached to right and wrong. We're so attached to gossip. We're so attached to people's opinions. We're so attached to somebody else's idea of ethics, somebody else's idea of for that matter, what kind of food you should eat. It's, it's insane. When you say it's insane, it means that it's insane. It's insane. So the idea is to be aware of that. We live in a, in a culture with certain kinds of you know, structures and so on, laws and so on. We, we do the best we can to work with that. But insofar as we can, we also uh, the, the spiritual path is, is important. How to fundamentally understand identity. What is a fundamental problem is mistaken identity. I think I'm somebody and I think you're somebody. If you're operating that way, then the cultural situation works because it's, it's relative. It's relative truth, not ultimate truth. So that works much better because then you can be right or somebody else can be wrong. And just, uh, works more for uh, to assuage our fear or to turn down the heat, so to speak. Whereas the spiritual path is a direct pointing at the nature, of, use the fancy word of reality, but point to this and say that what you're looking at is not something else. What you're looking at anytime you're smelling, tasting, touching, hearing, eating, thinking is not something else. The, the, the duality is you think it's over there it's not that it's not relatively over there but relative truth as I have just said and has been said way before I was born is unreal it's relatively real it is half true it is possible for the mind human mind to actually see in such a way that the, the chain or the, the, the prison or the bars of passion, aggression, ignorance, that those are unreal and you can liberate yourself from the, as a, 
Those old teachers. Sad from the cage of your afflictions. Nagarjun, I think it was, no, 2,000 years ago. You can, you can actually, but you have to see the cage. And if you see the cage, that means you see the structure of relative truth from the point of view of grasping, from the point of view of destroying, from the point of view of shutting down or ignoring, and, and motivated by hope for something better and fear of something worse, hope and fear. We use it. Culturally, we use the word, well, you got to have hope. No, you don't. Hope is having hope for something. You just have abandoned the very issue in front of you. you just have hope. What gives you hope? Well, a few things give me hope, and I'd like to give it back. Go ahead. Sure, allowing you often, <clears throat> you often say that we don't have to fix anything. So if we are trapped in that right and wrong and we're critiquing the teacher, how can we with, uh, awaken within that? I think it's just persistence. Return to the, the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. You use the forms that are set up to, to give you some kind of a structure to work with the turmoil that is happening in your mind stream. Rather than succumb to that and go off on a tangent thinking you're right and you've got to do this about that. And it's very difficult because if you have rumors uh, of this and that and this teacher is doing that and is abusing people it's not i'm not saying that isn't happening i'm just saying be very tentative about any conclusions you jump to just because you've got 10 people all in agreement so it's hard to see the the underlayment of that agreement right if we are Evaluating the teacher, is that something we should stop? You don't have to stop anything. Just be aware of it. Be aware that you're taking the teacher's inventory. And you might also want to realize that teacher is not taking your inventory. Because you're too busy doing that yourself. Teacher doesn't have to do that. Go ahead. Choka. What does it look like to not take somebody's inventory? You don't know who you're looking at. Because anytime you know who you're looking at, it's, it's a collection of ideas about them, including their hair color, their height, their sexual orientation, and everything else about them comes together as them. So you give them an identity at the same time you give yourself an identity as other. I'm over here, that person's over there. Very odd. But how how can we see that at the same time that we're taking inventory? How can you see what? It's all there, all at once. We tend to separate it, we tend to shut down on part of it so we can have the goodies on the other side. Anytime you see good, you see there's evil. Anytime you see good weather, there's bad weather. Anytime you see the Buddha, there's delusion. Anytime you see delusion, there's the Buddha. But we get trapped by that into thinking right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, instead of realizing this is a path to liberation. 
No position. No relationship. It's a realization, not a thought pattern about it or some kind of philosophy that we can take to Friedrich Hegel. He can figure out. You know him, drug dealer in Brooklyn? Yes, sir. Sure, Mally, in that, um, you talked about people's qualities, how we kind of create their identity at the same time we create ours. When the teacher's not doing that, can we mistake that for abuse? Paraphrase. Since you're not participating or creating the identity I expect, can I see that as abuse on my end? Still not following. Give me a, give me a what is it you want to know? That might be a better way of saying it, rather than invite me into your insane uh, mind stream. Shout out bowing. Can we mistake the teachers doing nothing as abuse? Yes. Yeah, I did that with Coben in a, in a, in a form of it. I felt like he was being mean to me. I'm asking him for precepts back in the early 90s. And he's, I mean, I could have insisted, insisted, and called him up and got on a plane or something and gone to New Mexico or wherever, California, wherever he was, and just insisted. But I, but I, I was very sincere. I've been practicing at that time for 17 years. And he, uh, just kind of turned away and did it several times. And I, it was very difficult for me to see that as a, as a teaching. One minute I thought of it as teaching, and then I think, it can't be. And then I thought, well, maybe he thinks I'm enlightened. And I don't need a teacher. I have a chance of that. Or maybe, well, maybe I'm not good enough to be a student. Or maybe I had a, a trunk problem with my teacher, so maybe he just wanted any you know, I just, any way I could get some kind of understanding what that was. And, and I, it took me years to eventually see that what he was pointing at. What was he pointing at? Full of myself, full of my conclusions, full of my insane neurosis or full of it. And, and that's when I realized that I could actually Acknowledge all of that and see all of that and, and see that it's unreal. I don't have to get rid of anything. It's difficult to me for me to talk about is incredible generosity. He didn't necessarily want to be my friend. He wanted to help me, my understanding, because he did exactly what I needed for him to do so that I could continue. I already had a strong practice. I'd already done many solitary retreats, group retreats. I don't know how many hours I meditated from 1973 on, but a lot. So I was ready for him three years after my tantric master, Mahasiddha Chogyam Trumpa, passed away. Who was a crazy wisdom teacher. In other words, he did stuff that was crazy from the point of view of common culture. So, Grand Valley, 
how does a healthy sangha communicate with itself when something arises that's disorienting or confusing? Talk about it. Talk about it. This is what I am endeavoring to do with talking about uh, a devotion. This is not comfortable for someone to hear uh, that some people's devotion is extremely personal and other people's devotion is more sits into our, our kind of idea of devotion, a very devoted student. You don't get to, if you're functioning as a teacher, even if you're functioning as a student, you're not going to be able to decide how this works. If you think you can decide stuff, then you'll never will need the two, true teacher could be sitting in front of you and you won't recognize, you will not recognize her because you're, you're too clouded up with your preconceptions about right and wrong and they shouldn't be doing this, they should be doing that. So, Glenn, could you talk more about uh, how a sangha communicates with itself? From the well, the sangha, the sanghas I've been involved with, there have been a few of them. Uh, the Vajradhatu Sangha in the, back in the 70s. Uh, there wasn't a lot of communication. There was a whole lot of crazy, insane uh, hopping from one bed to the next. A lot of sexuality going on all over the place. It's crazy. I'm not going to write a book about it. And I have no idea what that was about. I could ask the Vidyatara, I probably would. Although, but the communication there was, uh, was a lot of a lot of the communication worked because everybody was uh, uh, in the jealous God realm trying to get somewhere, trying to be somebody, trying to be a meditation teacher, a meditation instructor, or be uh, uh, one of Rinpoche's uh, favorite ambassadors. <clears throat> Quite difficult. Not for everyone, but for some people. Communication was not good. If you, if you had a meeting with someone, there was someone in charge, and, and they would just tell you what was going to happen next. I'm not saying that you should have all voted, but the communication was not good. And what I would say beyond that, part of the, because they were trying to apply old techniques, old methods, from where I don't know if it's from, 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 from Tibet or not, but just old-fashioned ways of working with hierarchy rather than the, the way hierarchy should function as far as I can see. And I have very definite ideas about hierarchy. But so for now, I, I'm struggling with uh, facing the wall and uh, taking responsibility for my own confusion and sharing with the Sangha. The no, you don't, communication. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to share much about what's happening when, when you're facing the wall. That's what you're talking about. I wouldn't share much of it at all. Other than with your teacher. Because the sharing with Sangha uh, in that area is there's so many misunderstandings in that area. The things you should do or shouldn't do, like Simple one is uh, you're having trouble staying awake. Someone will tell you how to stay awake. Not a good idea. You should fall asleep. I mean, actually, you should go take a nap or fall asleep, not try to some kind of imaginary idea of discipline. You just sleep. You wake up again, then meditate some more. 
And as far as communication, we try to, if we have a difficult area, then we try to have some kind of a meeting, just like we've had the COVID meeting uh, as a, that really irritates some people because there, there's no consensus there necessarily. There's, but it's, it's communication. We're, this is kind of a mirror of the rest of the world. But we have that and we continue to come together and try to help help each other understand and use the people who seem to know more about COVID than others. We have, uh, Mark Hirsch, Dr. Hirsch, Isan, the nurse, Kozan's a physical therapist. Other people, I miss anybody. You're a acupuncturist and practice Chinese medicine. So there's all kinds of ways of looking at that other than just the political stuff that's all over the place. So communication is to receive as much as possible, not necessarily produce more. Unbowing, uh, where does the heat of the teacher originate? Uh, there's no, there's no actual source for it, but uh, to be descriptive about it, it's the the heat of compassion manifest as manifesting as wisdom, manifesting as the sword. To use all the traditional examples, the sword of Manjushri, who cuts through this and that with one swipe. Dunbowing, sometimes you'll respond to a question by telling someone they're full of shit. I've uh, never said that. I guess I did that one time. So that one time, um, was that like a shock therapy to that person's ego or was that a misunderstanding? Did I say that to you? No. Who did I say that to? It was a question on YouTube, as I recall. Who did I say it? So, so you're missing some of it. So you, you, this is what I call uh, um, all evidence is partial. So you've got some of it, and you're asking me a question, but you're not telling me where all the trails and tracks come from. If I look at that person and listen to that person, uh, I have a an idea of what's happening beyond uh, the question of the statement. So when I say they're full of shit, um, it's not meant, meant to hurt them or to scold them uh, or to make them feel bad. It's uh, to help them see that where they're headed there is uh, not particularly productive of anything other than my comment. How do we mind our own business and receive the heat that you give to others going. What's your problem? You still think there are others. If you think there are others, then it's going to be warfare or peace fair, some kind of polarity on those that are right, those that are wrong. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Jews on. Should we endeavor to get burned by the teachers? Nah, you won't have to worry about that. Teacher, teachers fully capable of burning you when it's time. I'm being silly. I'm just saying that. No, you wouldn't go out of your way to do that. No, you just uh, just practice as you've been doing several years that you've been here. You just practice and practice 
study, ask questions, endeavor to get burnt, you know. Might want to stay away. When Rinpoche talks about getting too far from the teacher or too close to the teacher, is he saying there's some sweet spot in between? I don't know. I look for that, but uh, the only sweet spot for me is as far away from him as I could get. <laughs> and then I would get, then I wouldn't get enough. And then I'd have to go and find him and then have a face-to-face -face interview with him. And then I would get, I would get burnt. And I got burnt by him several times. I've told those stories before. I would just get embarrassed because he, he could see that I was insane. And he would point it out. And then as I left the room, he said, keep sitting. Go ahead. Sort of bowing. You described that he as compassion. Yes. In, um, in some of those stories that you're talking about from Rinpoche with you, um, it seems like another person might not have felt that as a burn. So is the burn something we're doing? Oh, yes, the burn is always your, it's your compassion. It's not the teacher. Compassion doesn't belong to anyone. And the, the true teacher doesn't have any compassion, nor are they without compassion. They don't have any wisdom, nor are they without wisdom. The, the, the polarity has been broken through. They, there's no longer positionality there. Unless they're talking to someone who is a student and is, who is showing up in a certain way, then the teacher shows up in exactly the way that student needs. But the student might not be able to receive that. It just might be too shitty a situation and they might go another way. Yes. Sure, does the Does the burn come from misunderstanding the compassion? Does. The basic misunderstanding is thinking there's someone who's been hurt and someone else who's done it. Blaming. What? Sure, Bowing. If we see that, is there a way to understand that? If you start if you begin to see that, then, uh, then some kind of, the uh, fancy word isn't exactly this, but some, some kind of humility starts. But before then, we're just stuffed with ourselves. When, if you notice that somebody's really full of themselves, they don't know it, but you know it. You can tell, talk to them for a few minutes, you can see they're totally full of themselves. But they just think they're themselves. Shoka. Shokabang, can we be burnt and still not receive it? No. If you actually receive it, it might not be as, the, the burn might, might be seen in a different way. It's, the burning part is, is a blockage to receiving, pointing out. Question from Stephanie in Grand Rapids. Stephanie. What is it to trust the teacher? Well, my way of saying is, if you if you have a teacher, someone you've asked to function as your teacher, you give them the benefit of the doubt. So to start with, just listen to what they're saying and consider what they're saying. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't look away. Don't do anything in particular with it. So, uh, eventually, some uh, trust may come where you see that 
This person is always leveling with me. This person asks me for nothing. Doesn't seem to want anything from anybody. And there, there will be no demand. I'm not saying that there isn't demand sometimes, but that's very situational. The general thing is, man, there are some traditions that, Tibetan traditions, like uh, comes out of the medieval Tibet, says uh, everything the teacher says that I will do. I think that's belongs uh, right where it started back in the 12th century. Long here. The time when people were so primitive and so medieval, that's probably the only way that the teaching could happen because we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have the media we have. We didn't have just telephones from the 1940s. Um, so you said that uh, you get too close to the teacher, you get hurt, but too far away, you get cool or cold. Um, so is the teacher fixed like the sun and is the student like a planet like orbiting it? It's an interesting image that um, I couldn't work in some ways, but it doesn't show up that way for me. You can think about it. You can think about it for a while. Before that, I didn't hear that. Uh, I don't remember. Good. It's okay. So I'll just go back and say it's an, it's an interesting image. I, I don't. I think there's a, a lot of things left off if you try to simplify it too much, like a sun and a, it might be closer to be like uh, two moons, where one one is thinks it's the sun. When you find as a teacher deliberately. Crank up the heat. Um, not much. It may look like that, maybe somewhat, but not much. When you buying, can a student ask for more heat? Um, uh, I mean, you could you could ask, say, you know, come and get me, or you know, help me. I really want your help. Help me more. Help. Won't necessarily. It's it's very situational. So therefore, uh, less production is better. Try to receive as much as you can, not only from the teaching person, but from everybody, from the sangha, from your mom and your dad and your child, and receive as much as you can without adding on to what you're receiving. So you totally miss because you can't handle the truth of that arising in your mind stream. So you an opinion about it, a judgment about it. It's just difficult. That's it. Does all teaching come from compassion? Huh? No, from compassion, wisdom. <clears throat> no, there's no compassion without wisdom. What is compassion? Wisdom. What is wisdom? Passion. You see? <laughs> so let's, we're talking about something that is difficult to, to conceptualize because it is beyond the relative situation, but we use those words in order to even address it. Uh, lots of fancy writings out there that will take you on a journey through just a whole labyrinth that is relative, has a lot of uh, gravitas to it. Uh, and it's important to do that, but the most important thing you can do is 
sit down, hold still, and watch the mind move, because that's the area that realization takes place, not necessarily in concepts about wisdom or compassion. <laughs> wisdom is a, you, you're not, you, you are wisdom, you're not practicing wisdom. You are compassion, not practicing compassion. So there's no credential. You don't even know it. If you're awake, you won't know it. Because the concept or the idea or what you thought awakening was is not there anymore. Why isn't it there? There isn't anyone. There's no one to be awake. There's no one to be asleep. There isn't anyone. There's something still so showing up as separated. And uh, that's called skillful means. Question from Shane in Virginia. Yes. What do you mean when you say heat? Does it show up like embarrassment? Does every student have their own form of heat? I would say yes. Embarrassment or being being irritated or being put off or, or being embarrassed. Mine was uh, mine was embarrassment with uh, COVID, but it took a while to for me to really see what had happened there. It took years and lots and lots of practice because I, I, I was, and still am in some sense, so full of myself that I could not see the incredible kindness of this teacher. I just couldn't see that. It had to be something else. It couldn't be that he was doing that to me, that that was helpful to me because I was, I'm pretty good, wasn't I? Pretty good. Well, I was not. On the other hand, I was because I continued to practice. I continued to return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Continued to practice a lot. And then before I could go and tell him, six months before he passed, I started to understand what he was doing. This was like 12 years after I met him. As you, those of you who know, he had drowned in a pond trying to save his daughter. But I wasn't able to tell him, I wasn't able to thank him for the teaching that I received from him. Question from Kyle. What would you say to someone who felt like they were powerless and wanted to feel like they had more control? It's, it's very situational. It would have been, I couldn't just give a blanket statement. I would have to know more about, uh, are they a meditator? Are they 12 years old? Are they 52 years old? All the situations about there that would show up in that area would, would determine something different. So fundamentally, uh, I would encourage them to just look at it rather than try to get more of something or, or change something. Try to look at what it was before you started using strategies to of something on for strengthen something. Question from Jeffro. If someone sits regularly, will the truth make itself known regardless of study or intellectual understanding? No guarantee of anything. No guarantee. You can sit, study, you can become ordained, you can practice the entire uh, entire uh, practices of the Kagyu lineage. Or the Nyingmas, or the Kalukpas, or the Kadampa, or the Zen Buddhism, Chan Buddhism, Theravada, you could, we could practice all of those with no guarantee 
of anything. Any room for more questions in that area? Sir? Sure. Um, you, you said that it was years after Tobin, to, to use what we've been saying, burned you before you started to understand that? Yes. Um, and it seems to be really hard to continue practicing after a burn, or it can be, we might receive that dis, as discouragement. How, how did you keep going? Because I, I my first teacher, Chokyam Trungpa, would just go back to his teachings and just console myself. Well, you know, I, I don't really need Coben. That's what I was telling myself. I don't, need, I don't need that. I don't know why he said that, but then it would start to haunt me. And then I would think in, in the Vidyata of Trungpa Rinpoche had passed away a few years before. So I didn't have him. And then I had his son, Sakyong Mipam, and even though I tried to make a connection with Sakyong Mipam, uh, it, it was okay, but it was never what it was with his father, with Yadra. He, he had all the accoutrements, he was empowered and had lots of crowns and suckers and so on. So uh, it just connection wasn't there. Whereas the connection was there with Coben, I just didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want anyone to take over me. I had a teacher, a Vajra master. But I thought, all I have to do is keep practicing. I don't need somebody telling me stuff. Any further questions? Any, any questions uh, on Zoom? You home bowing. How does a student know when she or he is ready to get closer by? I, I think that's totally up to the student. <laughs> the teaching person, all they can do is just do their best to teach. Uh, for those who are listen or give permission or ask or show up on Zoom in this case. Uh, there's, you know, everyone's interest here. Some people might be uh, just curiosity. Other people might be already close students of this particular teacher or might be considering that. But you've heard me say, you don't do anything unless you have to. And I mean it. Don't come this way unless you have to do it. And when I say have to, I didn't mean you're being haunted day and night by it. But you just, you feel like you really need to talk to this particular person or some other particular person. There's all kinds of teachers out there that are showing up. So, I don't know. I think it's a, it's very different with each person. You have a further question, Johan? Yes, Yuhong Baoying. How, how do students, or how can I use well-favored as a way as, as, Devotion. How can I use a well favored as my devotion? Well favored? Yes. Yeah, you're here. You're talking to me, not because I'm such a fantastic teacher, but you're studying the Dharma. Uh, you study it with. Uh, uh, you study other texts and so on, and then just uh, just go along. So it's well favored that you stumbled into this. You're free. You're in a country that so far is free. You can come to this or not. You have uh, your family and your 
your and so on, and your uh, your husband, your two children, your uh, parents, uh, in-laws, and so on. Everything is working okay. And so you have the freedom to study the Dharma. And I know that you studied with Susan Piper, and you were trained uh, to be a meditation teacher, as, at least as, as I recall. I just continue to do that. Uh, and then you, it'll show up uh, as you go along. You'll show, you, you could go in another direction. You could, you know, a year from now or even less, you could be studying under, the, under a teacher you don't even know right now. But it doesn't have to be me. I'm not here to promote anything, make no promises at all. You'd think I didn't care. So I would just say, a little bit at a time, you'll know. It'll be choiceless. It'll show up as something you really need to do. And quite often when something is choiceless, you don't know how to explain it to anybody. But you can't really justify it. You just know you need to do this. One more question. One more question. I cannot talk tonight. One more question. How do you know when the student is ready to hear um, harsh push? <laughs> Quite often they're not ready. So, so but, but I, I don't really think. In the, not that I don't think. Of course I think, but I, I don't think about anything. I don't think about somebody needs a harsh push. It, it, it happens situationally. It looks, it might look to somebody like I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm being mean to somebody or I'm being whatever, on and on and on. But I'm not. I actually do what I recommend to everyone. Less is better. If you can. But sometimes it's like this class, I have to do this. I'm not saying I have to. I probably could think of something else to do besides give a Dharma talk, but something about my particular karma over the last close to 50 years of studying the Dharma under different teachers. And here I am, and this is something I need to do. And I, this is why I became ordained as a monk, because I knew I knew I needed to do this, but I didn't know I, know I needed this kind of glue, because it's very easy to be lazy and kind of rotate away from studying the Dharma. So I would just say, continue to go along the uh, same way you're going, and nothing lasts, including our the groove we're trying to dig for ourselves. Even that uh, doesn't last. Sometimes called habit patterns. <coughs> Any further questions? Jason Bowing. That's Jason. Um, you you've said that once you see what this is, that you'll feel the feelings but you won't care. Now, it seems like, and this is just what I've noticed, that lately um, you do care or are bothered by some of the things that have happened and things people are saying. What is it that I'm noticing there? Noticing that I get pissed off and speak up. You notice that I get happy. You're noticing that I get silly. You're noticing, you're noticing. I'm not any different than anyone here. Not a, it's just that I realize what this is and you don't. You think this is all separate and you think you have some say so in the world, not just you, Jason, but everybody. You think you have some kind of control over this. I know 
There is no control. There's no controller. There's no authority. This is not a theistic path. This is non-theistic. There's no personhood at the head of anything. So when I say uh, you won't care, I don't mean that you. I don't mean that you'll be some kind of a zombie with no feelings. I'm saying the the feelings that arise will not happen to a person. Uh, so so there's no you to be caring. So I'm saying you won't care. It's just a saying there isn't anyone to care. That doesn't mean you won't feel it intensely. You may feel it more intensely than you felt when you were full of yourself and were, were a, a narcissistic buffoon. Not you, Jason, but me. But emotion can, the feeling the, of this arising, that arising, this going away, that showing up. No self, no other. <clears throat> no self, no other. If you realize it, the work is over. You may just move to uh, Florida and go fishing. <clears throat> or you may teach, possible. Further, Jason? I can't think of a, a follow up. Okay. Anyone? Okay, we can close. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. <clears throat> all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddha's temple monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering. And if you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.